Thank you for joining us for this podcast from Abundant Life. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this word. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I just want to read one verse of scripture to you tonight and just talk from my heart about it. And hopefully, I'm going to talk less tonight, but I want you to take in more. I'm going to have less to say about this verse than probably ever. But I want you to take it to heart in a greater way. And I want us to really begin to do something with the things that we know. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, the Bible says this. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. I want to talk to you tonight from a Bible study titled, Jesus Prayed. Let's pray to God. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. God, I thank you for the good report in so many different lives, God, for pay raises, for your movement inside family members, God, for what you're doing even in this community and around our city, Lord. We love you, God. We thank you so much for loving us. Lord, I pray as we look at this verse of Scripture tonight that by your Spirit you would teach us what you would have us to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Now, we, those of us that are here and people that gather in Christian churches all across the world, identify themselves spiritually as Christians. If somebody asks you what religion you are, don't say Baptist or Charismatic or Catholic. Those are denominations. The religion is Christian. We are Christians, and the word Christian means to be like Christ, or a deeper meaning is one who is committed to the teachings of Jesus Christ and following those teachings and imitating his lifestyle. The Bible says that in the first century, the first place that believers were called Christians was in a city called Antioch. That's where they were first called Christians, and it was almost a term of mockery as as they were calling them little Christians. You're, you're just imitators of that prophet. You're, you're imitators of Jesus Christ. And it becomes now a word that we should be happy to be able to ascribe to ourselves. We are Christians. We follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We say that. But the question I want to ask you tonight is, do we do that? Do we really follow him? Do we imitate him? Does our life look like him? Because the Bible says that it's God's purpose to transform us daily into the image of his son. We should be becoming less like us and more like him. If you remember what Jesus said about John the Baptist, that among those born of women, not a greater has arisen than John the Baptist. Jesus said John the Baptist was all that. But John the Baptist's prayer was that he would decrease so that Jesus would increase. And that needs to be our prayer in our own life. I've told you many times, if you're ever in a place of confrontation, if you're ever in a place where someone is pressing you and you feel like you're about to give them a piece of your mind, don't do that. Give them a piece of the Lord's mind. Give give them the best that you have to offer. I tell my children all the time, don't imitate the bad things you see in me. Imitate the good things you see in me. The good news for us is there's no bad thing in God. There's no bad thing in Jesus to imitate So we don't have that to worry about. The thing we need to concern ourselves with is are we imitating anything about him? Throughout the scripture, the Bible talks about the importance 
of prayer. In, in the King James Version, this, this verse says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and he prayed. Jesus saw the need to pray. So much so that he got up really early because people were always thronging him. So he got up early before his day got started to get away from everybody else that would be pressing and pulling on him, and he spent time in prayer. Now, if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? And the Scripture says over and over again that I would, first of all, prayers be made. I would that people pray everywhere, all the time. The Bible says so much about prayer, but I want you to concentrate on this one verse. Because if we're going to be the men and the women that God wants us to be, we have to live the type of life that God's Son lived. It's not optional. We have to live the type of life that God's son lived. We have to imitate Christ. We have to allow God to transform us into the image of his son. And so if Jesus was a praying person, should we be praying people? All right, but are we? Let's be honest. Are we? I've told you the statistics many times. I've seen this since 1981 when I was first enrolled at Luther Rice Bible College when it was headquartered here in Jacksonville. I saw a study then, and I've been seeing it ever since then for the last 35 years, where they ask pastors on an anonymous survey, how many minutes a day do you spend in prayer? And the answer always comes back three. Three minutes a day. Let me tell you, that's not good. Is that good, Stacy? That's not good, is it? Three minutes a day? That's not prayer. That, that's, that's, I don't, that's guilt. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's not the type of prayer that Jesus did. It's not the type of prayer that Christians need to do. It's not the type of prayer that God wants us to do. Now, I've told you what one great Christian said one time. He said that he doesn't know that there was ever a time in his life where he prayed for 30 minutes straight. But he said he also doesn't remember a time in his life when he went 30 minutes without praying. Your prayer life can have some flexibility to it, but it needs to be there. Maybe you're the type of person who prays consistently throughout the day. You pray all the time. You'll stop and pray for a couple minutes here and a couple of minutes there. Listen, I get praying in the car. I get that, and it's awesome. Me and my mom sometimes will call each other on the phone when we're driving to somewhere, and we'll talk about multitasking, and what that means is I didn't care enough about you to call you when I didn't have nothing else to do, so I'll work you in while I'm driving because it's convenient for me. That's the same kind of thing we do to God when we pray while we're driving. It's not bad. It's good, but it's not the best. It's, it's not the ideal situation. I told you this morning that I would love it if we all started our day recognizing God honoring God, saying hello to God, saying good morning to God, and we ended our day saying good night to God. That is a recognition of his value in our life. That is a, a way to honor him. Jesus got up way before everybody else, and he went out and departed into a solitary place to pray. Now, I'm going to tell you all, most of you all know, I am not a morning person. If, if I'm up early, it's because I haven't been to bed yet. And I've always liked being a night owl. Now, there have been plenty of times in my life. I, I spent years running a day labor pool downtown where I had to be at work at 4.30 in the morning. And I worked from 4.30 in the morning to 7 o'clock at night. 
because it was daily work, daily pay, and we had to go through all of the homeless shelters in our vans, pull in the workers. We had to get them assigned. We had to drive them out on their jobs. We had to pick them up at 5 o'clock, get them back in, get them paid, get them out, and lock up. 4.30 to 7 every day, that was a grind. Um, and the hardest part was not, what, what is that? That's uh, 14 and a half hour. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the 14 and a half, 15 hour day that was the grind. It was getting to downtown Jacksonville by 4.30 so I could open up the building that was hard. Listen, whether you're a morning person or whether you're a night person, our personality doesn't give us an excuse to obey God. You need to pray in the morning. Your morning might start later than some. Your morning might start earlier than some. But I told you tonight I'm not going to preach long and I'm not going to have a lot to say about this verse, but I want you to have a lot to do about this verse. We call ourselves Christians. We say we want to follow Christ. We want to live the way he lived. We want to live a life that glorifies the Father the way Jesus did. Are you getting up in the morning and praying? Because I can make this declaration to you and feel totally biblical about doing it. If you don't get up in the morning and pray, you're not a Christian. How about that? Do you follow me when I say that? It's like I tell people when they say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I tell them, absolutely, you do. You absolutely do have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't have to go to church to go to heaven. You don't have to go to church to be saved. You, you, don't, you, don't, you, you might spend eternity in heaven with Jesus without going to church, but to be a Christian means to be like Christ. Jesus went to church every day. So to be like Christ, you have to go to church. Well, to be like Christ, you also have to pray. And if your goal is to develop as a Christian man, if your goal is to develop as a Christian woman, and it needs to be, please don't come to church just to be a church person. That's, that's not going to benefit you. That's not, that's not going to give you joy. Come to church to invest in your spirituality. Come to church to grow as a man of God, as a woman of God, as a child of God, so that you can know more about who this God that created everything is. Well, if we're going to do that, then we've got to get beyond talking about stuff, and we've got to begin to do stuff. Because it's awesome to have a lot of people show up at a work day, and it takes that. It's awesome to have people give enough money to pay the bills, and sometimes we get that and sometimes we don't. It's awesome to be doing stuff in the community, but I want to know as individuals, are we living Christian lives? If we're not praying, then we're not doing what we need to do because the basics. I mean, there's just some things that are requisite to Christianity. You got to read your Bible every day. You got to say your prayers. You got to make good choices. This is just the starting block. The Bible says that the Word of God is food for our inner man. If you're not reading the Bible every day, you're going to be spiritually sick. And if you're not talking to God every day through prayer, you're going to be distant on God. And here's the reality. You know all the Bible in the world. But if your heart is cold on God, when you come to that fork in the road where you can choose right or where you can choose wrong, and you haven't been praying a lot, you're going to choose wrong. Or you're not going to have the tug of God on your heart to choose right. I've had people ask me, Pastor, if God knows everything, because I believe God knows everything. I believe God is sovereign. I believe God doesn't ask permission for what he's going to do. I believe God's already got this whole thing planned out. I believe God knows the date that everybody in this room is going to die. And I don't believe there's anything we can do to change it. I believe the Bible, and the Bible says that it is appointed a man once to die, and after this, the judgment. I believe, according to Hebrews 9, 27, that I have an appointment with death one day, and I'm not going to be able to shirk that appointment. I believe that God knows who's going to be the next president. 
Nothing we can do about it. Should we still vote? Yes, we should. But if God, I've had people ask me, if you really believe that God knows everything and God's going to do what he wants to do, how he wants to do, when he wants to do it, what in the world, why should we pray? What's it going to change? And the answer is very simple. Prayer changes us. And this is why we need to pray. We're not going to manipulate the hand of God. We're not going to force God to make it warmer outside on a cold day. We're not going to force God to make it stop raining on a rainy day. We're not going to force God to make summer come uh, out of season. God has already set things in motion, and God's going to do things the way he wants to do things. But let me tell you, prayer changes us. And it puts your heart in alignment with the will of God. And that's why Jesus prayed. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane. See, some people think Jesus was just this robot. Yes, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. He was completely divine, but he was also completely human. It's not something you can understand. It's not to be reasoned out. It's not to be figured out. It's to be accepted by faith. But Jesus knew, having grown up in that culture for 33 years, he knew the horror and he knew the pain of crucifixion. He knew the scourging and the beating. He knew the whipping of the cat of nine tails. He knew the court of blood, and he knew the road of suffering. And nobody wants that. And that's why he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane that if there's any other way, he was saying, God, I want to be the Redeemer. I want to save your children. I I want to give my life. But if there's any other way than this, this crucifixion thing, if there's any other way, can, can we do it that way? But he ended his prayer with a very familiar phrase that most people have heard in their lifetime, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And this is what prayer will do for you. Prayer will put your heart in conjunction with the will of God. Prayer will put your heart in alignment with what God wants for you. And let me tell you something. When you line up with what God wants for you, it's going to be easier to read your Bible every day. Some people say, well, I just struggle with my time priority. I don't always get my Bible reading in. When you pray, it's going to be easier to get your mind focused on reading your Bible. When you pray, your heart's going to line up with the will of God, and it's going to be easier for you to pay the tithe. Some people struggle to pay the tithe. And you say, Pastor, do you really pay the tithe? Yes, you pay the tithe and you give the offering because the tithe is commanded. The tithe is not optional. God said the tithe is holy unto me, and he will curse your money if you don't pay it. And he will bless your money if you do pay it. Tenth, the first tenth of all your increase is holy to God. He said, don't touch it. You ought to come with your tithe check written out on Sunday morning. Um, I, I wish that we would get heavy involved in tithers in this church. Why? Because then we'd have a bunch of rich people. Then we'd have testimony of raises coming through. We'd have testimonies of, of great financial blessings coming through because God always honors his word. And he said, if you would just... Give him one-tenth. He would open up heaven over you and pour out a blessing on you so big that you can't receive it. If we would pray, we would line up with the word of God. I've told you before, it's hard to hate somebody that you're praying for. Hard to be bitter against somebody that you're praying for. Hard to stay mad at your spouse if you're praying for them. Hard to stay upset with your children if you're praying for them. Hard to want to kick somebody in the head and throw them to the curb if you're praying for them. Now, I'm not saying those times won't come because, honestly, some folk need to be kicked in the head, right? Sometimes. But if we will be people of prayer, then our heart will begin to line up with the Word of God. And this is what I want for me, and this is what I want for you. I want it to be easier to make the right choice. I want it to be easier to do the thing that God wants us to do.
I don't want you to have to struggle and strain and fight. I see people that are trying to get delivered. I don't want you to try to get delivered from anything. I just want you to fall in love with Jesus, read your Bible and say your prayers, and God will take that desire away from you. Because if you're struggling every day to stay away from something that vexes you, that's not deliverance. You may be in your process and you might say, well, I'm doing the best that I can. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you how to do better. Pray more. And then what God's going to change is your heart. God's going to change you. And then God's going to want, give you the want to. See, the Bible says that when, when we meditate on the law of the Lord, when our ways please the Lord, that God gives us the desires of our heart. And I've told you before, this doesn't mean he gives you the Porsche 911. This doesn't mean he gives you the house on, on the St. John's River. This, this doesn't mean he gives you, you know, the, the whatever material thing you're looking for. It says that he gives you the desire of your heart. He, places desire, he takes desires from heaven and he puts them down in your heart. So now you'll want what he wants you to want. Well, now that takes away. Bitterness, that, that takes away discontent. That, that allows you to be content because now you only want the things that God wants you to want. And he's going to give you the things he wants you to have. So then you can be like, I love my life. And too many people don't love their life. Too many people, too many Christian people don't love their life. And a big part of it is because they won't pray. They won't trust God with prayer. They won't do what Jesus did. We call ourselves Christians. We need to start doing this one verse. So here's my thing to you tonight. I told you it's going to be shorter than ever. Instead of listening to me lecture and be funny and try to make sense out of the word, I think this verse is very plain spoken and easy to understand. If we want to be like Jesus, we got to do what he did. What did he do? He got up before he started his day. It doesn't say what time he got up. You know what time you have to start your day. I want to ask you to get up early enough before you have to start your day so you can pray. I say short prayers with my children at night before I go to bed, and then I go in my room and I pray. I pray in the morning. I pray in the afternoon. I pray throughout the day. This is the life that we need to live, not just this I lay me down to sleep stuff. If you're three, that's awesome. But I thank God for now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Um, that, that was the first prayer that I learned as a good Catholic. But really talking to God. Read John 17. It's only about, I think, 27 verses, 26, 29 verses, somewhere in there. It's less than 30 verses, I believe. But it's the prayer that Jesus prayed. And you can hear just how easy Jesus talked. Y'all look it up later. You can, you can see just how easy Jesus talked to God. And I think we get the wrong idea about prayer. We think it's so hard when really it's just conversation with God. If you can get to this place where you believe that when you open your mouth to talk to God that he really hears you, then you ought to be able to talk to God. Jesus was a praying man. If we want to be Christians, we have to be praying people. I've told you so many different ways to pray over the years. I've given you so many different outlines to pray over the years. Thank him for everything he's done. And tell him what you need. That's a great format for prayer. Spend time telling God what you need. And then thank him for everything he's done. 
And this should be the goal. Increase your time in prayer. Because here's what I know about prayer. Prayer can be very monotonous. Prayer can be very laborious. Prayer can be very boring. Prayer can be very non-fulfilling. And for most people it is. But I've shared with some of you, and some of you have been willing to take it to another level. See, there's a breakthrough. And I always relate it to the same thing. I can remember in the Army, every day we ran two miles Monday through, Monday through Thursday. On Friday, we ran five miles. So two, four, six, eight, five, 13 miles every week. And from the second step, whether it was the two-mile run or the five-mile run, the whole time I was in the Army, from the second step, it was... <gasps> And, and these guys that were runners, big-time runners, they would say, keep pushing, Becker. You, you're going you're gonna to get your second wind. You're going to feel that runner's high kick in. Your lungs are going to expand. and breathing's going to come. Never happened, ever. It was always a pain. And these other guys would just be gliding and breathing. And I would be sucking wind like there was no tomorrow. Well, I don't. I can't testify fully that there is a breakthrough. And they tell me, if you run long enough, you'll get that break. Your lungs will break and expand, and it'll be easier for you to breathe. I can't prove that. Some, some runners talk to runners. They can prove that. But what I can prove to you about prayer, there's a break in prayer. There's a breakthrough in prayer that most Christians have never gotten to because they won't pray long enough. But if you will pray long enough, there's going to come a time where you feel a break in the atmosphere. And you go from prayer to communicating. See, prayer sounds formal, but talking to God is, is really incredible. And I want you to get to the place where you get that breakthrough. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you need to pray longer. And if you do know what I'm talking about, you need to be thankful for it and you need to pray longer too. We need to be praying. If you're so busy that you rush out on your day without praying, you are taking God's hand off your life, and you are putting your own hands on the steering wheel of your life, and then people wonder why God's not leading them and God's not blessing them. Start your day with pray, with prayer. Pray in the morning. Pray at noontime. Pray in the afternoon. Pray in the evening. Prayer, prayer, prayer prayer always be taking your mind to God the Bible says pray without ceasing always be praying always something good happens say thank you Jesus we ought to have thank you Jesus on our mouth not just during praise and worship we ought to have thank you Jesus on our mouth all day long something good happens thank you Jesus something bad happens thank you God for for allowing this to happen Show, show me what I'm designed to learn from it Teach me your way, God. Teach me your will. Show me what you would have me to know. We need to do what Jesus did because I want to have what he had. And here's what Jesus' prayer was in John 17. He wanted us to be one with him the way he's one with the Father. Unity with each other and with God. That unity is going to come through prayer because if I'm praying, and you're praying, and you're praying, and you're praying, and you're praying, then all of our hearts are going to be moving in the same direction. We've all got different backgrounds. We all come from different places. We've all got different ways of looking at things. But as we pray, we all move toward God. And that's what the church needs. I know Christians don't pray. 
That's why there's still racism in the church. I know Christians don't pray. That's why there's still political divide in the church. I know Christians don't pray. That's why there's social injustice in our community. I know Christians don't pray. That's why immorality is overtaking our community and why our young people are going crazy. Because Christians won't pray. Because God already promised if his people who are called by his name would humble themselves and pray. So what do you got to do to pray? You got to humble yourself. Prayer is a total act of humility because it says, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Do you realize that you need God? If you can go out on your day and just be like, this is the day that I made and I'm ready to get it, then you're going to get it. But if you can face every day with a humble spirit that says, God, I need your help today because I want to do right. I want to honor you. I don't want to just get through this day. I want to please you in this day. And then we won't find ourselves in so many jams. The body of Christ is so messed up. The body of Christ has as much divorce, as much alcoholism, as much pornography, as much deviance, uh, as, well, I won't say the, the people in church have as much of that as people outside of church. Why? Because we're not relying on the Lord. You want to be more like Jesus? Pray more. Tell him what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Concentrate on that this week. Tell him what you need. Thank him for what he's done. What if I just did that this morning? Do it again. I'll tell you about our family. We tell the same jokes. All day, every day. My howdy, Fred. We say that a hundred times a day. You don't know what that means. We know what it means. We tell the same jokes every day, and we laugh at them over and over and over again. Why? Because it's funny to us. It was funny five minutes ago, clearly. And it's still funny now. Don't feel like you can't say it again to God because you just said it. He likes your voice. He likes your voice. He likes the way you sound talking to him. And he wants to hear your voice. See, he's a good father. He knows what he's doing. Some fathers, most fathers aren't good fathers. Experts say that the average father spends less than 45 seconds in direct communication per child daily. Less than 45 seconds talking to their child. I hope Keon's doing better than that. Less than 45 seconds right here. And then they grow up and they move out. And the dad never took time, really, to sit in a chair and hold them, to listen to their dreams, to share their dreams. And then we all get to the end of our life and we realize, <laughs> I was busy doing other stuff when I should have been concentrating. Am I telling the truth, anybody? God is better than that. God's got a spot on his couch for you. He's just sitting there waiting on you to climb up next to him. That's what he wants. Most dads in the natural, we're too busy. We're, we're, we're too busy barking out orders and trying to get, get stuff done. God's not in a hurry. God's not bound by time. He's got a place for you on his couch. And he just wants you to sit with him and talk to him. 
And if you'll do that, life will be easier for you. It's not the easiest thing to do for me. Men, in general, I think, have a harder time praying than, than any creature. Why? Because we're built to dominate. We're built to grab things by the horns and get it done. Why hesitate? I mean, why read instructions when you can dive right in? Right, man? I mean, what do we look like reading instructions? Give me that thing. I, I put it together as I go. Am I right? That's how a man does things. So we very seldom stop to pray first. Then when you got nine pieces left over at the end of that bunk bed, feels sturdy enough to me. They don't weigh that much. If they fall, we, you know, there's a hospital up the street. But life's more important than that. Life's more important. Yeah, I, can get, I can get by with a rat, r- rickety bunk bed. But I don't want to keep living with a rickety life. So tell God everything that you need. Thank him for everything that he's done. And then do what I do. I've told you this a thousand times. I'm going to tell you one more time. We're going to go. When you're done, stay on your knees. I have told God so many times. I, I, I just feel like I must sound like an idiot to God. I'm glad he loves me. And, he, and don't judge me because God's my judge. God, I don't know what else to say. But I'm just going to kneel before you because you're my king. And I'm just going to stay right here. And if you want to talk to me, I'll listen. And I don't always, I don't care if he does or if he doesn't, honestly. That's not why I stay on my knees. I stay on my knees as an act of uh, humility before him, as an act of worship before him, as, a, as an awareness that he's high and I'm low. And if we would begin to expand our prayer time, listen, if you're able to get on your knees and pray, knee praying is the preferred posture for prayer. If you cannot get on your knees and pray, flat on your stomach. It's the secondary preferred posture for prayer. On your knees or on your stomach, that's low to the ground. If you can't do that, then you get in a comfortable position and you get ready to spend time with God. Find yourself a comfortable spot. If you have physical ailments, and listen, I know what I'm talking about. I've been dealing with this thing. They want to operate on my back again because I re-injured it. I know what I'm talking about, about being uncomfortable. God is not so mean that he's going to judge you and say, you don't love me enough to get on your knees, I won't listen to you. God knows if you have physical. No father wants his son to honor him through that type of pain. Get in a position that's comfortable for you and start talking to God and talk yourself out. I've had people ask me, Pastor Scott, do you believe in a heavenly prayer language? I absolutely do. The Apostle Paul said, I will pray with my understanding and I'll pray in the Spirit. That's a contrast there. He prayed words that he understood. He prayed words he didn't understand. Now, what I don't believe in is people coming up to me telling me, I was praying in the Holy Ghost for you this morning that your back would feel better. Because the Bible says when you pray in an unknown language, no one knows what they pray except God. So you can't know what you were praying for me or for anybody else. But the Bible says you can encourage yourself and build up your own holy faith by praying. You glorify God and you strengthen your inner man. By praying. I pray in a spiritual language. Some people don't. And here's the reason why I believe some people don't. You ain't prayed enough in English yet. 
You ain't prayed enough in your native language yet for God to give you new words. Now, the goal is not to pray so God will give you some type of gift that you can rejoice over. That's what's messed up the church now in this charismatic movement, rejoicing over the gifts instead of rejoicing over the one that gives the gifts. Without gifts, God's worth praising. Without miracles, God is, God is worth glorifying. But I want you to expand and extend your prayer life. Here's what's crazy. We got TV shows we watch that we, we really enjoy, and we laugh. I mean, you, you, you want to see Jake get happy? Throw, throw, on, uh, throw on a marathon. Throw on a four-hour block of impractical jokers. Is that a good funny show? That is a hilarious show. And we can watch an hour of impractical jokers like that. But if we try to get on our knees and pray for an hour, it seems like an eternity. Why? Familiarity. Everybody's used to sitting on the couch watching TV for an hour. Everybody's not used to spending an hour in prayer. So many times when we've had consecration, 21 nights of prayer every night at the church, I always have somebody tell me, Pastor, this is awesome. I never thought I could stay in prayer for one hour. It's the first time I've ever done it. I'm like, cool. Don't let it be the last. Is an hour the goal? No. Is 30 minutes the goal? No. Is five minutes the goal? No. Is one minute the goal? Maybe. Can you pray for one minute? Can, can you spend one minute telling God what you need and thanking him for something? If you can do that, do that. And then expand it and expand it. And then just decide, you know what, God? I'm out of words, so I'm just going to kneel before you because the Bible says you're a king and people are supposed to kneel before a king. See, other cultures have a leg up on us. We don't understand royals in America. We don't have royalty. They joke around about the Kennedys being royalty, but America doesn't have royalty. In other countries, they understand. When the king comes in, everybody puts their face on the ground, and they make their self low. We don't understand royalty in America. So sometimes it, it, it causes us to suffer in our response to God. But God is our king, and we should bow before him. Spend some time in the morning bowing before your king. Spend some time in the afternoon bowing before your king. Spend some time in the evening bowing before your king. See, Jesus didn't need any extra strength. Jesus didn't need any extra wisdom. Jesus didn't need God to, to guide him or instruct him. Jesus was God all by himself. But Jesus went and prayed. Why? Because those that love the Father want to talk to the Father. If you love God, talk to him. No matter how strange it seems to you, no matter how hard it seems to you, no matter how sticky, no matter how icky it feels to you, just start doing it. And it'll get easier, and it'll get easier. See, in the world, I grew an appetite for certain things, for certain types of drinks and for certain types of drugs that were hard to do at first. You grow an appetite for that. I don't need you to raise your hand to agree with me, but some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You, you get a taste for certain things. If you do them long enough that you thought, man, that was hard the first time, but then you got a craving for it. I'm going to tell you something. If you'll begin to invest in your spirituality, you can get a craving for spirituality. You can grow a taste for prayer. You can grow a taste for the Word of God. You can grow a taste for time spent with God, but it's not easy. 
And everything else is going to fight you for it. And everything else is going to wrestle for your time. But if you will begin to invest in your own spirituality, taking this one verse seriously and saying, you know what, I'm going to start my day in prayer. Because if you don't do it first, you're probably not going to do it. Because other things are going to crowd in. Phone's going to ring. People going to track you down. Life's going to start happening. But late at night when no one's around, early in the morning when no one's around, that ought to be a time where you can get in at least a few minutes alone with God. See, I don't believe it takes hours and hours and hours and hours. If you do that, that's awesome, and God will bless you for it. Jesus did. Jesus prayed through the whole night. You can read sections of the Bible where Jesus went out in the afternoon and prayed straight through to the next daytime. But I believe if we just spend a few minutes in prayer every day, it would change us. And those few minutes might grow into 10 minutes, and those 10 might grow into 20, and those 20 might grow into 30. And before you know it, you're going to be enjoying prayer, and you're going to start praying for other people. You're going to start praying for the pastor. You're going to start praying for our nation, and things are going to turn around. God wants to unite our hearts, not that we'd all be cookie-cutter images of each other. That's what churches try to do to people. Church has tried to tell people you got to all dress the same. You got to carry the same Bible. You got to act the same. That's not what God wants. God wants us to be unified, not because we all look or act the same way, but because we all love each other. And prayer will unite our hearts with the Father, and it will unite our hearts with us. And that's what Jesus said was the most important thing to love God and to love each other. Can't be done without prayer. If you don't have great joy in your Christianity, I promise you, you're not a praying person. And if you have great joy in your Christianity, I promise you on the other side, you are a praying person. So let's get to that place. Not of perfection. We're never going to be perfect in this life. But we can pray more. And our example is Jesus Christ. And Jesus was a praying man, so let's be praying people. Pray with me. God, thank you so much for your word. I thank you for each person who's come out tonight, God. And I pray that you would help us to want to talk to you. Lord, you know we're not perfect. You know our struggles. You know we're encased in this flesh, and as long as we're encased in this flesh, we will fail you. Thank you for loving us beyond our sin. Thank you for loving us beyond our stupidity, God. Thank you for loving us beyond our rebellion. Help us, Lord, to love you the way we should. Help us to talk to you about our burdens. Help us to take our cares to you. You said that we can bring everything to you. We can bring our, our cares and our concerns to you because you care and you're concerned for us. Lord, I pray that you would help me to pray more. Help me to take my concerns to you more. Help us as your children to trust you more. Help us to talk to you and listen to you and spend time hanging out with you. We believe in you, sir. We believe in your book. We believe in your son. We believe in your Holy Spirit. And I ask you, God, to fill us with your spirit. Give us the desires that you want us to have. Give us desire for righteousness, peace, and joy. Give us desire, Lord, to honor you with our life. Give us the desire to put you first. Give us the desire to invest our lives in your ministry, nothing matters as much as you. Help us to remember that. 
and help us to live like that. Thank you for giving us the Bible, the words that you speak to us, the recorded history of the life of your son to show us what a real Christian lives like. God, I pray that you would help us to start our mornings in prayer and to end our evenings in prayer. Lord, you promised if we'd put you first, you'd let everything else fall into place. God, I see so many good things falling into place in my life. I thank you for that. And I pray that you'd help me to trust you with every, every step as you direct me in this life. Help us all to look to you for guidance and for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We truly appreciate the opportunity to pour into your lives each week. For more information or to donate to Abundant Life's ministry, please check out our website at www.alcfnow.org.